Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Absolute BSS, the casual petitive podcast about Bandai Namco's Battle Spirit Saga. My name is Eric, and I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Angel. How are you doing today, Angel? I'm doing good. Hope everybody's doing as good as well, just listening, watching, or just tuning in. Awesome. Yeah, uh, another episode today without Cam, which uh, which sucks, but there's some good reason for it. Cam Cam's pretty busy with work stuff, but also part of the reason he couldn't be here is he has to prep and get ready and leave for uh, the this big key forge event that he's going to. So um, pretty excited to hear about that when he comes back. Yeah, I know he's been talking a lot about it on the uh, on the Discord, and uh, kudos to all you guys that uh, I think it's quite a few people actually that uh, have joined the key forge um decks as well and, and i've seen a lot of people asking questions so good luck cam when you listen to this and hopefully you are the key forge god that i talked about quite 10 episodes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know how much um i don't know if he's actually like playing in the event I and mean, i'm sure he's gonna play a bunch of key forge but i'd be interested to hear how it went like if he uh you know if he played in any of the events if he did super well or uh that kind of thing but Unfortunately, he's not going to be here to, uh, I think we're going to answer some more listener questions today and also just kind of talk about the set three meta in general. Um, I wish that he could be here for this because there's a lot of yellow stuff going on. I actually, uh, to start us off, I have macaroni pentan on the screen just because I love that little guy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Macaroni pentan. He's so persistent. Yes. Um, But before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to, Angel? What have you What have you been up to lately? Honestly, man, not a not a whole lot. Unfortunately, this time around, um, after you know coming back from the Netherlands from the Pro Tour, I've uh, been just trying to catch up on my what's it called? Uh, trying to be on the uh, sorry, something turned on my computer for some reason. It was talking. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what is who is talking? But uh, I thought somebody joined. I was like, who is it? Who's on here? Who is it? But uh, apart from that, sorry, trying to catch up on my sleep schedule in life, as you can tell. But honestly, mm. I've just been extremely busy with work. Uh, I've been working like 18, almost 19 hour shifts Jeez. the last couple of days. Um, unfortunately, my job and what, what I do is peak season, so been investing a lot of time, unfortunately, doing that. Um, keeping up with as much as I can in the Discord with people you know either opening or asking questions or trying out decks for uh set three i have still yet to open the five boxes that are on my living room so hopefully i can get to that <laughs> maybe tonight i know i promised i would do it last time our last podcast we had and i didn't get a chance to but and apart from that in between the various minimal breaks i get at work i've just been you know doing my usual stuff just playing marvel snap because it's a quick easy game and uh Keep him up with the new uh, new event pass that came out. But unfortunately, I have been just kind of swamped, like I said. So it kind of mm-hmm. sucks. I'm kind of living off all you guys and everybody on the Discord just playing games, constantly seeing people say, like, let's go test, let's do this. I'm just kind of being over here, womp, womp, you know, <laughs> kind of sad, sad face. How about you, man? What you been up to? Well, uh, I have had a chance to play a bit of set three. I actually played some games the other night with Overlord Ubel from our Discord, which was a lot of fun to play with somebody... Um, I mean, no offense to you and Cam, but I, <laughs> it's nice to play with someone where, like, I don't know their tells, you know? Like, I don't know right. what they're thinking or how their deck is built. Um, Overlord Ubel was playing this, like, blue deck that I think he's shared a couple times in the Discord, uh, in the Deck Picks channel. Uh, which, by the way, if you want to share picks of your deck... <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Throw it on there. <laughs> come join uh, our Discord. There should be a link in the description of this video or in the show notes if you're just listening to the audio version. Um, we have a lot of fun in there. It's been really active uh, for a minute, even though we have like a really small group, but it's really active, which is fun. Um, yeah, which I like. You know, yeah. it's like I always say, numbers don't mean nothing if nobody's active, right? You can have a channel yeah. that has whatever three hundred users on it, and if only ten people are talking, then what's the point? I like I like a community, and it's growing. Yeah, and more and more enjoying. But the ones that are involved, uh, it's definitely like you said, it definitely has been active. So keep it up because it keeps me occupied when I am pissed off at work. So yeah. <laughs> I like reading yeah. what you guys are talking about. <laughs> oh man, the amount of time I've just like it's like I've replaced my social media scrolling with just like going to discord and seeing like what kooky decks people are trying to run or like, you know, seeing what questions people have or it, it's been fun. Um, but yeah, so we played a few games. Um, I got to play test some red and I also have, I got a little bit of spice that I want to talk to you about at some point, Angel. I don't know if I want to reveal it on the show today actually, because, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that anybody's talking about it yet, but I definitely okay. want to... Yeah, keep it. Might, yeah. Be, might give you an edge in Atlanta, maybe, you know? Yeah, because I originally thought, and we'll get into this later in the show, but I originally thought that Gale was going to be, like, this huge dominating force, but I'm actually starting to think a little differently now that I've gotten to really playtest some other set three cards and decks, so it's been interesting. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later. I got... You know, I, well, I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I still think Gale's going to be good. I just, there's a couple factors I think that's happening right now, which are yeah. good factors, right? But we'll, we'll get into a little bit in the show, but yeah. it's good though. I mean, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to hear about it a little bit later then, see what yeah. you got going on. Yeah, and then right before we get into that, um, as you know, the other thing I wanted to mention is I've been playing a lot of Netrunner. <laughs> so yeah. Android Netrunner is just, oh, it's my favorite game of all time. I... It was the game, like, I played Magic uh, somewhat competitively before. Like, I didn't really go to, like, lots of huge events. I would just go to, like, you know, Friday Night Magic at the shop and then play in a couple store tournaments and then go to, like, uh, a regional here and there. Kind of like the same thing I used to do with Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was younger. Um, But Netrunner was one of those ones where, like, I really went, like, hard into it. Like, I went and played in the World Champs and stuff like that, so... It's just a game that has always just, I don't know, there's something about Netrunner, and we've talked about it on the show before, but I just, I feel like it just can't be replicated in any other card game I've tried. Um, so it, it's so fun. I I wanted to get back into it, but it's now run by this like fan organization called Nisei. And so like they've created like new sets and new cards and just like lots of new stuff. And um I tried to like dip my toe back in and start in like the casual like starter section of there's a website called jinteki.net that's like a browser uh, website that you can use to play the game and I tried to start in like the like beginner friendly lobby there and and like you know just dip my toes in and just play with like the core set cards and then I immediately was like oh I'm already like ready to move past this just because of my past experience like some of the people I was playing with like, I know the rules of the game. I just don't know the card pool, right? <laughs> right, right. So it was like some of the people I was playing with were like really struggling with the rules. And I was like, okay, this isn't for me. So I just dove head first. I went straight into standard. I looked at like what deck list people were playing. I just picked some cards that looked decent to me. And I just started 
you know, cranking out games in the like competitive, uh, more competitive section of, of the car of, of that game in, in like the standard, uh, the standard games on there. And, uh, I did pretty well, honestly. I think part of why I did kind of well was actually because I don't really know what my opponents were trying to do. And I think I was probably playing the game in a really weird way because I was playing it kind of how I remember playing it. Um, so I feel like my strategies were probably like very old school and not really up to date with the meta. So like, I don't know, sometimes people were probably like, oh, he's bluffing this card. And then I'm like, Joke's on you. I don't even know what that card is. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it felt the same way when they would play cards. They would just like do stuff. And I would just be like, I hope they did that right. Because I have no idea what they just did. Um, so especially with the runners, there's like uh, all these new like Trojan AI programs that you can like install on ice. And so it's like, I'm going to move this over here and then swap it to this other piece of ice. And then when I do that, I can take these credits and move them from this card to this card. And then when I do that, I get to draw one card and like all this stuff. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but, um, looks fun. <laughs> Jeez. So is it, is it automated or is you still, is it kind of like TTS where you have to kind of control it's kind uh, of the cards and all that and like the turn faces and all that. It's kind of a mix, right? Like a lot of it's automated, but a lot of it you still have to do manually. So um, like you could make a mistake, like you have to spend your credits and stuff more manually um, to like properly do things on there. So you kind of have to either be aware of what's going on or just trust that the other person isn't cheating. But Mm. um, one of those things. But uh, man, it's been fun though. Um, I I'm really enjoying it. I I do think I want to try and dive back into it. Um, I was looking for like local netrunner groups in my area, and unfortunately there aren't any. So, um, but I'll keep an eye out. Maybe there will be like a regional tournament or something that I can make my way over to. And um, since it's fan run now, they allow proxies, so I don't even really have to buy anything. I can just print proxies and go play. Oh, that's pretty cool. Though. Yeah, you don't have to really spend money too much yeah. besides maybe traveling depending on how big it gets or what events are going on yeah so i'm excited to dive back into that it's one of my favorite games of all time um if you ever want to learn how to play angel uh let me know i can we can play some games on jinteki <laughs> yeah let's see what it's talking about man i know you've been talking about it for a long time since i met you so at least yeah. i see what, what the game is about right or how it plays because i know you make it seem like it's very different from other games so uh i definitely you know we want to try it see what it's like yeah well, um, before we play some Netrunner, though, we have a lot of BSS to BS about. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just kind of move right into the listener questions. Um, do you, uh, you want to read the first one, or do you want me to go for it? Uh, I could be the first one from uh, Overlord Ubell. Um sure. Question was, did any of your thoughts of set three come true? Like there's some cards that you thought would be busted, turn out busted, or not used. Um, so, yes and no, right? Uh, I think all of us were really big on the Gale. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, well, and I say all of us, right? Not just us three. I mean, a lot of people, whether it's on multiple discords. Um, yeah. I know talking at a pro tour, so it, it's not like, you know, it was just us three kind of lighting the flamethrower like everybody was talking about gale yeah and that's like those were the biggest cards i think that everybody wanted to get their hands on apart from strong draw uh yeah so i, I don't 
I still, like I said, it's early, right? We just had the first grand open, like, right after um, set three came out. So, and I should, don't try to go off the first one because a couple things, right? You shoot the first grand open, I noticed people, and I, and I think that's like with any game, really. People will stick playing with uh, decks or, or things that are still, like, you, they didn't know, right? Because at the end of the day, like, oh my god, everybody's going to be trying new things, so let me play a deck that I know what it can mm. do and maybe splash some set three stuff in there, right? Just a yep. couple things to either elevate or boost it. Because your chances of winning are a lot higher, right? I mean, I know I do that, right? In any game I play, Marvel Snap, Hearthstone, um, you know, sometimes the Battle Spirits, I've seen it happen where, like I said, I'm not going to try out, at least for the first first major event, a bunch of new decks um, if I'm trying to win that money or, or get that invite to a Pro Tour if I haven't been, or, you know, stuff like that, because that is your best opportunity to really kind of have a little bit of an edge right unless you get caught completely off guard because ideally it's going to take a couple right a couple um events for set three to really meadows really truly evolve into what it's going to land at probably by time worlds happens right so um i still think gale's gonna be very good um i still think that 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 archetype from set three it's going to be um scary right unless bandai comes out i don't know after atlanta and makes an Aretta or something on the Nexus. Uh, but other than that, at least from what I've seen from the Netherlands, uh, Grand Open, I don't know if it was in the Netherlands, but at least the Grand Open that was over there. Um, a lot of the cards that we talked, like Flustream, right? I saw a lot of Flustreams and a lot of builds. Um, Mandala was on a lot of the, the decks as well. A lot of uh, yellow for sure, right? Um, which uh, we all know who the X-Rare. It, it basically, I feel like it replaced god behemoth right like yeah you talking about genbu genbu yeah, yeah good old genbu and i think so, he was like so out on uh tte player last time i saw it but i was like cheese i think i've got a full playset of him already he was not very hard to get as far as x-rays go but um yeah he's I'll, I'll i'll read him really quick just so that everyone's up to date so uh he 10 millennia turtle genbu is an eight cost four reduction fabled beast so He's a fabled beast, which is a very relevant spirit type in uh, yellow. And then he has, uh, for one core at level one, he's 5k. For two cores at level two, he's 6k. And for four cores at level three, he's 10k. So you don't need to put a lot of cores on him to get him pretty big. And he's out of like all of the major removal range, uh, even with just one core on him. Um, at all three levels during your attack step, at the start of the step, select one of your other Fabled Beast spirits. It cannot be blocked by your opponent's spirits with effects listed during this turn. So he basically can make one of your uh, other Fabled Beasts just like totally unblockable because most people aren't really playing vanilla spirits too much. Um, there's a few that get played, but not very many. I would say more often than not, spirits are, are going to have effects listed. Uh, then at level 2 and level 3, during your attack step, when one of your Fabled Beast Spirits is destroyed by your opponent, select one of your Fabled Beast Spirits and refresh it. So, uh, in a way, he just makes this like really aggro Fabled Beast strategy uh, just go even harder, right? Because it's like, yep. you start swinging in with your Fabled Beasts, they get blocked by your opponent's stuff, then when they get blocked and they die, you probably ramp a core and draw a card off of your Blessed Cathedral, and then now you can refresh uh, one of your other Fabled Beasts, maybe your Eagle or, or whatever. Um, also, making the Fabled Beasts with Blessed unblockable, pretty nuts, and then refreshing them, and then they're still unblockable that turn. 
pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're constantly basically, I mean, you're doing damage, right? And you're freaking technically ramping slash getting your life back yeah. or, or getting more life, right? So you're you're more comfortable having more spirits exhausted because you have probably six, seven, maybe eight life, right? Like, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah. So Yeah, it's crazy. To answer Overlord Ubil's question directly, um, were there any set three cards, like, did our thoughts on set three come true? And are there any cards that we thought would be busted that turned out to not be used? Um, I don't know that that happened, but I'll say that there's a lot of cards that were not on my radar that now are very firmly on my radar. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think like the main ones that we knew were going to be played, right, are Strong Draw and Flustream, right? I think yeah. for most of the top eight that I can think of, and even top 16... I mean, every deck, I mean, so maybe one or two decks that didn't run some of those, um, had it. Um, the one card I was really surprised that was ran on a lot, a lot of decks, and I saw this in a Pro Tour 2, and I forgot to talk about this, which I'm, I'm excited about, because I was bandwagging the hell out of this card since, like, the opening days, was Feral Slash. Feral yeah. Slash is on a lot of lists, and it's such a good card, and I've always talked about that. And I remember the first time I caught people off guard when I was playing that card around Set 1's meta. Yep. And it's just, like, such a good card. So it's good to see it. Um, you know, I love when you get later, later into sets and like cards from set one or, you know, previous sets start becoming like more relevant or useful because I've always believed, you know, it's extent to it, but I've always believed that every card is useful in one way or another. I mean, there might be yeah. some cards that are probably just better use as fire, but <laughs> apart from that, um, it's very rare, but I think every card has a purpose, but definitely I say flow stream, strong draw. Were the ones that I knew, and I think we all talked about it. Like those cards are just—they're just good. I mean, yeah. and I think a lot of decks are running those, so I'm not that, surprised to see those. That's been—that's a really good point. I think there's a lot of cards that we had kind of forgotten about, and then with the ban list and set three coming out, there's a lot of these older cards. Like I think part of what made uh, for all slash like a good card again, or like something that people are looking at, is the fact that depths is banned, and it's like all of the best nexuses are now able to just be hit by this. And yep. then on top of that, you've got hurricane Highlands, which is going to be, you know, in these Gale decks and that gets hit by this. Um, so it's, it's a really good card. Um, what, what are your thoughts on uh break burst? Oh, break burst. I think we have, I think that card is one of those cards where we kind of, I didn't talked about it, but I don't think we like, talked about it right it wasn't yeah. a thing i think you and i were talking about it It wasn't until i actually was do uh we did some draft at yeah. the uh <laughs> at the pro tour and as soon as i saw that i think i tried to have four copies of it for the uh, draft and the CEO events because yeah. it's such a versatile card for a cheap cost um and i don't know if you have it up yeah so i can so read it it's a yeah do you want to read it yeah i could read it um yeah. so you know break versus a blue card uh three cost two cost uh blue reduction it's a magic card. Uh, in the main, you can discard the top three cards of your opponent's deck, or main or flash. You can select one of your opponent's spirits that costs three or fewer and destroy it. Um, yeah. And to me, that's huge, right? Because it doesn't matter what the BP is. It's just three or fewer. And I love cards that are not attached to BP because it helps you got, kind of get it around, right? And this card, yeah. you can use it in a multitude of ways. Um, obviously, with it being draft, I can release it to its full potential. But, I mean, this card could be... What, like, wherever you need maybe to push the last bit of damage, right? If your opponent has some annoying spirit or maybe something that's a white spirit that has whatever. Something on it. Maybe they do a suppression on it. Whatever it might be, right? Flash this yeah. in. Um, but two, like, 
you know, blue has a lot of cards where you need X amount in the uh, opponent's discard pile for it to, you know, for whatever effect to be active. This could get you those last, you know, three or last two that you need in your own turn before you push for, uh, before you go to your attack step to, you know, activate Mandela or whatever it is you're trying to do. So, yeah, um, I love this card. I mean, it's literally, it could cost you one and it has such good effects. So, I love this card. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, solid card and i'm glad that you brought up the draft at the pro tour because this card was not on my radar until we played the draft and um i just got hosed by this card so many times <laughs> <laughs> and i was like damn that card's good because like i think for blue removal you know we had talked about floodstream so floodstream was on my mind um but of course it wasn't played in the draft because it's a starter deck card right um but then when I saw Break Burst come out, I was like, oh shit, that card's awesome. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything that disappointed me so far. I think I'm just finding more and more cards out of set three that are impressing me. I mean, honestly, sure. it's, yeah, set three, and we're going to see this more and more as more events happen and more people really get their hands on um, set three and playing it. But. What I'm like, what I like to see in here, man, the response from the community has been very, very good, very positive about the yeah. set. And I hear from everybody, right? Oh, this set allows so, so much diversity, or this set so much fun, or this set's whatever. Like, and that's, I mean, that's awesome to hear. And we'll get into that a little bit later because I know it's a question that kind of relates to what I'm trying to get into. Uh, but it's nice to see that just. On set three, we've completely done. I feel I, it feels like a three sixty, right? Like yeah. set two, everybody's kind of like depressed and like off yeah. these boxes and eh, whatever. Not much change besides like you know maybe worker Ant Man, Thorn Prison, and a couple green things here and there. But where set three has done the complete opposite, and not just for blue, right? Because blue, I don't think it's very. It's not there yet, right? It's very minimal card pool for blue right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just talking about in general. Like, I mean, it is blue still good for what it is, but it really gave the extra juice, what I call it, to every other color that's currently available. Um, yeah. And it's opened that variety of art types or play styles or different things you have to worry about now or different things you have to think about. Um, so I think a mixture of that ban that happened, like you were mentioning, I think that definitely helped out open the doors for other cards or, or play style decks without having to worry about, am I going to sit here for an hour, you know, playing uh, purple, white Axe Spider and just sit the back and not do anything, right? Yeah. Um, which is exciting to see, but I'm really glad to see that everybody's liking set three. And I mean, I haven't even played it yet, but just looking at the cards and just seeing where everybody's playing, it just looks like a very fun, um, or it's going to be a fun meta for the next couple months. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think um, I'll also plug that Bandai has uh, sent out a survey for people to take about their thoughts on set three. And I think to your point, with all of us being so excited and positive about it, we should let them know. Uh, we should definitely, you know, go take that survey, let Bandai know that, like, we want to see more sets like this where there's all these, like, really versatile cards that are expanding the archetypes that we want to see grow. And also, um, one thing I want to say about Blue, you know, not that they're going to have to do this again, um, but because we have all the colors now, but I think the way that they released blue was much smoother than green for the main reason that like, we've talked about some blue cards here that are very splashable into a wide variety of decks for their like capability uh, as removal cards. And I think that makes blue a very playable color in that you'll see a lot of blue cards in every deck. 
uh, and also, and, and including strong draw because it's such a good draw card. Um, but also, like, there's enough blue stuff to experiment with if you do want to go down that road. But also, as we wait for more blue cards to come out, it's not like blue is useless. Like, uh, if if you feel like there's not enough blue to build a full blue deck with yet, uh, you can at least still play with a lot of the blue cards just because a lot of them are so splashable. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Um, like I said, it's only it was only the first major event that happened with this set. Um, you know, once brains start brewing, people experimenting thing, and I think that's like what I like about it. Like, I can't recall set two having so many different people. Cause I don't think there was enough there to really even experiment with. To be honest, yeah. that's probably part of the problem. <laughs> well, we're set three. I've seen, I've seen just. I mean, even on our Discord, right? People trying out different crazy deck builds or a lot of rainbow stuff with the lore set and set yeah. three. Um, where set two, I really just felt like. Literally, like, it was just, and I don't want to say the word boring, but it was just kind of like, eh, all right, we're still technically playing set one with, like, a splash yeah. of a couple of things in set two. It was like... This has opened, like, everybody's, like, trying different things or different ideas. People are, are bouncing ideas off each other, and, and mm-hmm. it's exciting to see, man. It makes, it makes really the game a lot more fun. It's just knowing that everybody is involved and, and loving the set so much. So to your point, yeah, go take that survey, because obviously, we said it before, I think, in multiple podcasts, but Bandai does listen, you know, um, and they do take our, our opinions very, very serious and they want this game to succeed. Uh, so any, you know, positive, constructive, whatever it might be, right? Just put those, take that survey and be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, set two was kind of like, here's work rant man and thorn prison. Go put those in all your decks. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> it's like, you're done. Here's some cool Gundam cards to collect and put in your binder for now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I do think this is a perfect segue into the next like question slash set of things in our channel here um is gail so this is from type in our discord is gail still the boogeyman of the format or do you think there is a hard counter or two out there that keeps the game from spiraling into mega ramp rainbow decks uh and then just as a little aside here um a, a, a new member of our discord i sell said so yellow is the boogeyman of the format and i would say if more red players then maybe it would be more of a triangle format which is good i think this is a really good point is that um and we can get into this in a sec but i think that the meta is shaping up to be like busted wide open where like almost like a rock paper scissors format like what i sell is talking about like this beats this but then this beats this but then that beats this and it's just like it makes your like you can play almost any color, but then it makes your sideboard choices and your matchups so important, which I think is what really makes a very healthy meta for a card game. Um, uh, Icel also shared a list of the top uh, decks from the Netherlands Grand Open and uh, pretty crazy stuff there because uh, six of the eight top decks were yellow decks. Uh, and then there was one purple and one Gale. And so, um, yeah, what what are your thoughts about all of this? Do you think Gale's the boogeyman? Do you think that um, there are ways around Gale? Do you think that, uh, like, what are you thinking about all the decks that we can play right now? Yeah, no, I definitely think, uh, I don't think Gale is the boogeyman, right? Um, like, I guess, like, original thought, there's so much... Variety, right? And things you can do to counter, uh, and I say counter, right? Like, 
work with with Gale, right? Um, not not to say that Gale is not good, right? Because it's all about if your opponent happens to to go off with Gale early on in turns and you don't have an answer, or you just don't have the yeah. way to deal with it. It can get out of hand still, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying by no yeah. means, oh, Gale's not as good. No, it definitely yeah. still is. Like you, it, it's just about, <laughs> you have to be prepared for Gale, or you're gonna get hosed. Yeah, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't like you're just gonna sit back and chill. Like you know, you have to worry about Gale. Yeah. But like to your point though. Um, it, it is like rock, paper, scissors, right? Like, I've been seeing yeah. a lot of, like, conversation between, you know, yellow, a yellow matchup against a red matchup could be a 50-50, depending on who goes off. Um, you know, purple might struggle a little bit with this, or Gale might struggle with that, or this deck might have an edge to that, which I like, right? Because that is really, like, that's how card games should be, right? You don't, really, ideally, you don't know who your opponent's going to be. You build the best deck or, your, or the type of deck you want to play with. You go to an event. You know, you get paired up. That's what parents are for. And there you go. RNG, baby. What's your matchup? Oh, yeah. uh, it's a mirror match. Or is it, is it a, you know, you said it uh, in a year. Well, like, sometimes you go into an event and you face the few decks that you do not want to see um, because you know your deck struggles with that. But like you were saying, that's where maybe maybe some of the tech cards come in handy where it kind of helps your deck maybe be, you know, stay afloat with some of that. But I definitely think that... I don't want to say that Gale's going to be the boogeyman or even Yellow the boogeyman. I mean, Yellow, right now, Yellow is since after the Pro Tour, right? But um, yeah. it's just so early. I, I mean, it's too early for anything I like think, that. I think the Yellow thing is a byproduct of what you were just talking about before. Is like, Yellow is a deck that was kind of already, like, built. But then Genbu came out and it slotted in so perfectly. And then also because Yellow did... Uh, won the pro tour i think everyone was just like oh how do i make yellow even better with set three okay i'll just basically play the pro tour list but like update it with these new cards and i i do think that yellow is very very strong right now i do think it's very good but to your point um i i I think a lot of it is just people are comfortable with with that deck maybe um but also i i think we talked about this in our text thread outside of uh, our discord with just me you and cam and like i'm interested to see what happens with yellow because there's a lot of people who have ignored yellow for a while and maybe just aren't prepped to play against it and there's also going to be some people who pick up yellow and try to just like play it without ever having played yellow before and just are going to be like oh this deck's bad but it's just like they don't know yeah, how to yeah. play yellow <laughs> so yeah and i think i think what like what yellow is so viable to right now obviously i mean you think about it that grand open was a week after the pro tour so mm-hmm. how many players really had you know if you were in utrick already you don't have a whole lot of timing most people have been you know uh play testing set three for a while obviously yeah but realistically though you haven't had a whole because you're going into a blind meta on on the first major grand open of any brand new set or yeah. uh you know carpool like you're going in blind. So nine, ten times, like I said, you're going to play something like you said, this is done very well. How can, what, what from this set might make this deck or elevate the deck a little bit better? Let me go yeah. for that because it's going to be, you know, I don't want to say easy win, but the matches will be a little bit easier because people are either, two things are going to happen, right? Everybody's trying their ideas, thinking it's going to work. It doesn't work. So it works in your favor or vice versa, right? Cars are still new. So there might be a lot of misplays happening because the set's so new, right? You oh man, I missed the timing on this, or this doesn't yeah. work the way I thought it did. Um, where that's why always the first grand open. Is, I don't really like to go off too much off it because it's just like everybody's trying new cards, and you know it happens in a lot of different games. Where I think that maybe the Atlanta grand open, right? Oh, actually, we got the Pasadena, right? So yeah, we got Pasadena. Pasadena. Yeah, Pasadena might be a little. You know, I think we're kind of shifting to that where you might see maybe a lot more 
probably red splashing in, uh, probably a few, you know, white decks out there, white control, white, whatever you want to call them, temple ramp, um, and, you know, yellows, I'm sure. And then by the time Atlanta hits, that's kind of like towards the end, right? Like, all right, yeah. this is where the meta's been defined. This is what's happening. So I wouldn't surprise, I, I would not be surprised, actually, to see some more Gale decks at Pasadena, maybe just completely different or like somebody had mentioned on discord maybe it is a rainbow style you know maybe we're wrong it's gonna yeah. be all mono green maybe a rainbow with something else is what makes gale more good because it allows you to get into these bigger spirits from other colors that are usually you know take a lot of uh cores to, to summon so um yeah I, I think that uh like i said right now i think there's a deck for that, that can match up i, I say about at least 50 percent with another deck um too early to really say there's like a dominant deck, right? I mean, you could say yellow because it's just topped everywhere, but how much of that is just people, you know, that they didn't know how to play against yellow, like you were saying, because it hasn't been seen for a while. Um, or two, yellow, you know, maybe a lot of those decks are playing against people that are trying something new and just didn't work out the way it thought, or it just got, you know, got, you know, they went yellow went too wide, <laughs> you know, and with Gambu yeah. being ridiculous, you know, it's just like it's harder well, to combat that. The other thing you have to think about too is a lot of the players there, um, like there were a lot of people there who just stuck around after the pro tour to then play in the grand open. And it's like uh, getting product that quickly around the release of the set is also kind of tough. So it's like, what's easier to build? Like this Gale deck that needs yeah. all of these pieces from the new set or this yellow deck that just needs four Genbu? Like, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, because you and I were there. I mean, I was there at least for a week and. I just found that one starter deck by by chance. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of shops that carried uh, at least where we were at. I mean, maybe yeah. there was a spot for it that carried Battle Spirits for us yeah. to be able to buy stuff. You know, so yeah, and if, even if there was one, you've got like you know all these players who are on the hunt for it. So <laughs> it's like they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna buy up anything they can find. Um, what do you think about this rise of uh, rainbow decks? Because I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's weird. Um, I, I, like a lot of the rainbow cards we're seeing come out, like Jewel Dragon Smog, uh, Smag, mm -hmm. Smog, however you say him. He's, I'll read him really quick. I've got him up on the screen. He's a four cost, no reduction red spirit. Uh, he's a ruined dragon. So he's always going to cost you four. Um, level one for one core, 3K. Level two for three cores, 4K. And level three for seven cores, he's at 8K. At all three levels, you treat him as rainbow, basically. Like, he has the color symbol of every color. And at all three levels, when he's summoned, if you have fewer cards in your hand than your opponent, you draw a card. And then at just level two and level three, when he's summoned, you get to place a core from the void into your trash. So, like, a little bit of ramp, but you can't use it immediately. You have to wait till the next turn for it to refresh. Um, I, we saw a lot of smag come up in the pro tour, even actually along with the uh, emperor K the like yep. lore set card. And it seems like this perp, this not purple, uh, this rainbow strategy has become even more dominant or prevalent, uh, as we've moved into set three, um, maybe not like full-on like the same decks we saw at the pro tour but it like the gale deck in top eight was running a single smag and the uh the reasoning behind that apparently was to get around the lighthouse um nexus out of blue so uh, seabed, uh yep seabed lighthouse is a three cost two reduction nexus out of blue for zero cores it's level one and for two cores it's level two 
the first effect is really what's relevant here. During either attack step, your opponent can use magic cards in their hand that do not share a color with any of the symbols on their field. So uh, if you're trying to do like a cheeky thorn prison out of purple, not going to work. If you're trying to like dream bomb out of red, not going to happen. So smag gets around that and i that was supposedly why the one of was in there and also just for like random cost reductions on whatever you know out of color cards you're playing but um i think it's put players in this weird headspace now because i'm i'm in this headspace now of like do i need to play a full purple deck or do i need to play a full red deck like is the best build for this deck actually some kind of purple build? Is, like, the best deck out there some type of, like, Rainbow Gale build? Like, it has my mind kind of spinning, and it's really cool. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on Rainbow decks? I, I mean, I, I like it. I, I love that we're already there early on trying out, you know, Rainbow decks because it just shows that each card in each color, you know, or each color has a specific thing that synergizes one way or another with another card, right? And mm -hmm. it just reminds me of, like, uh, you know, Magic, when it had the dual, co uh, dual color cards that kind yeah. of synergized with, like, black and blue, right? So yep. deadly combo, you got recursion, and you got counter stuff. Um, even, you know, those of you guys, I don't know if anybody plays Hearthstone here, but playing Hearthstone, right, just Highlander decks and stuff and neutral cards that kind of all fit to each other, but kind of, you know... I can consider a card called, like, or a, a class called Priest, which the whole, I can steal whatever my opponent's playing and mix that in with whatever my control deck is, and it makes the deck even better. So I love seeing Rainbow in this game. Um, I think there's some good tech to it. Uh, I mean, if you mix that Sea Blighthouse with uh, the Heroic Worm Lord Dragon, where he also, uh, you know, I think when he attacks, you can activate any burst cards that you don't share a color with. Um, that's a good lockdown strategy. Wait, what? And, what card is that? It's off the lore set, the heroic Wormlord dragon. Oh, the like Naruto ninja dragon. Yeah, dude. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, with the rainbow thing, it really allows. Oh, if, let me phrase that: if you're not playing like a rainbow deck or something enough splash, like it really allows you to lock out your opponent from using you know spell cards or or, or magic yeah. cards, you know. Or, and I like that because it reminds me of like Yu-Gi-Oh as well, right? There's cards in there like. Anti-spell fragrance, or like Royal Decree, where well, you can't activate trap cards, you can't activate this. Um, and this is what it reminds me of, like, oh, okay, cool. You, you're playing a Dream Bomb, you're playing Absolute Ice Shield from your hand. Well, now you can't, so you better have a smog or something that, yeah. you know, you have to kind of splash in spirits now of different colors. And I think Rainbow and Emperor Kai is the best way to do it. And I know we saw some, I, mean, I know I faced one personally at the Pro Tour, and it had me amazed. Like, dude, he was, like, every time I thought I, I was leading or, or you know, I'll playing him or getting ahead of something. He'll play like whatever Taco One days, or then he'll play like the Elephant of White, and then he'll play like Belgor. Like Jesus, you had like every single color and to answer, you know, for, or yeah. counter answer anything that I'm doing. Um, so I, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool that we're already I said only three sets in, and we're already able to mix all these colors. And and I really I think what I like the most, honestly. It's the Delore set. It's actually being used, you know? Uh, we were yeah. first weren't sure about it. Like, oh, how long is it going to take for the Delore set to be viable? Um, there's a lot of cards from the Delore set. I mean, I know, like, Emperor Kai, Takawa, and the uh, one of the Nexuses I know I've personally seen um, at a Pro Tour. So it's excited to see that. So I like it. I'm here for the Rainbow stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think it just adds to that discussion we were having earlier about how wide open this meta is. Because it's like, 
oh, I'm going to play yellow or I can play red. I can play purple. I can play green. I can play blue. Like I play white. Like they're all viable. Or maybe I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just play all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me just, just let put me them just, on the pot. Let yeah. Me let me just, let me just grab like the best cards from each color. Let me like think about what I, where I want to pull my draw engine from. Let me think about where I want to pull my like ramping engine from. I think that that's something that's interesting now that we're getting more and more cards is that I, I think people are thinking about the way that they build their decks more about like, where am I going to get these different engines from that I need? Like, I think worker Ant-Man was kind of the start of this idea of like, okay, maybe every deck needs some type of core ramping mechanism. Cause I think before it was like, if you were playing that color and it had a little bit of core ramp, like if it had elephant or bless cathedral, like you would kind of just lean into it and do it because it was in your color. But now I think people are thinking like, uh, I need to pull something in out of color to help me ramp cores. If I don't have, if I'm not playing green, right? Like I need to pull in worker Ant-Man. I need to pull in maybe like, maybe I do a little Gale thing, but really my main strat is I'm trying to Nova or something, you know, like, right. Uh, right. It, it, it really, it, it allows you to view the card pool more as like different tools. And then there's a cost associated with each tool, uh, in that maybe you don't get the full cost reduction for something. So it's like, if I don't have the full cost reduction for this, am I willing to pay four cores for it? Uh, if the answer is yes, then maybe I play it in this like kind of more rainbow build where like most of the time I've already accounted for, I'm going to pay four cores for this, but maybe every now and then I get to pay two. So, yeah. No, and, I, and I think like, I mean, I'm sure we'll see more, um, you know, and, and this will lead into one of the questions later on, but you know, the next set, I feel like we, I mean, I'm just speculating. I have no Intel inside, but I wonder if we'll see more uh, cards like Smog, right? That one card is multiple colors that allows yeah. you to kind of be versatile on whatever you're trying to do. Uh, and I think it's cool, you know, like even for me right now, you know, uh, all I've been playing is purple since the game's come out. Like I'm looking at possibly maybe playing red or, or something different, right? Because it's just, like I said, with set three, there's just enough there to really get creative and, and either splash all you want, you know, if you feel like it's going to work. Or, or it's just kind of maybe things that you even want to play. It's like, oh my god, this you know, this combo's a lot better now. Or I can really, like you said, go maybe in the rainbow side and, and half my deck is one trying to do one thing until I can get to my top in late game, right? And now, yeah, just what my mid range would normally would be is really just like all these top level, whatever it might be, white cards or red cards. Um, you know, we saw this happen in the pro tour as well, right? Where like people were playing this sort of like half of the game is aggro, and then like. The prize towards the end, here's Nova or here's something else yep. is really big, um, which I think is pretty cool, right? Uh, yep. When it works, it works. You know, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work, obviously, like anything else. But it, for the most part, it was working for people. And um, and that's a cool idea, right? Where, like, you can play two type of styles of deck in one. Um, and I think having that rainbow um, st play style, I think, really helps with that and kind of give you more answers to certain things that you might normally wouldn't have uh, if you were playing like a mono uh, color yeah. deck. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is like I've seen the mindset shift in the player base. Like I because we saw a lot of like rainbow decks show up at the Pro Tour, which is not like, you know, the lore set was kind of new at that point, but there were other opportunities to play the lore set before that, I believe. Um, it was kind of just like, uh, you know, we, I don't know, the... It was just interesting to see everyone's mindset kind of shift. And I think like 
I can see that in myself because before I was like, oh, Nova's cool, but I don't really want to play Star Dragons. And now I'm kind of thinking like, Nova's cool. I don't have to play it in Star Dragons. Like just because right. <laughs> Nova, just because Nova is a Star Dragon or has awakened doesn't mean I have to fully lean into like this a Star Dragons awakened thing. It's like no, Nova's just a good card. Like, let me see if I can fit. I'm I'm viewing Nova more as like a Baculus Curse Dragon kind of thing now, yep. where it's like yep. a versatile combo that you can stick into any deck that you can like afford to do it in. So like out of Gale, I think you could definitely do it. Uh, out of a red deck, you can do it because you have all that cost reduction and you can like, you know, maybe go off a little bit with that. Um, and, and it, it's just really cool to see, to be thinking about things in such a versatile way. Yeah, I consider Nova, you know, or like cards like Nova. I mean, it's other cards like, you know, White has a few cards that I consider this as well. But mm -hmm. I feel like Nova to me is what, like the equivalent of what I was seeing you get, like, like a Raigeki or like a Dark Hole, right? Like, uh, like yeah. when you get, when that gets played against you, and if you're not prepared for it, obviously, yeah. and that gets placed against you, like the first thought that goes in your head is shit. And then the second one goes, <laughs> it's like, how do I deal with this? Like, what do I have? Yeah. How can I stop this thing from popping my spirits yeah. every single turn, you know? Yeah. Um, and not to mention, it's so disheartening, right? Because it's happened to me. I mean, it happened to me at the Pro Tour with one of the players I was playing. I had him down. I ended up winning the match, luckily. But still, like, I had him down to one life. And I'm, you know, part yeah. of me, you start getting comfortable. Freaking Nova gets his life back. It's like, not have to, like, it's like almost like back to the drawing board. Yeah. You know, if you, you've already used, like, half your resources to even get to that level, it's almost like, God, it's, just, it's like watching paint dry. And if something, yeah. like, ruins it, it's like, well, I'm going to repaint that whole wall again. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So. It just turns the tables so heavily when they play Nova. It's nuts. Um, let's let's move on a little bit here. Um, hopefully that answered Type's question. Well, actually, there's one more piece to that, actually, before we move on. Do you think there's a hard counter to Gale? Or do you think that um, Gale is just, like, a piece of the meta? And, like, like, what are your thoughts on that? Is there, like, a hard counter to Gale? So... <sighs> I haven't played, you know, Gale in person, right? So I'm not the no-all, be-all. My mind's like with most decks that are kind of rely on those things. To me, the best counter to Gale is you get rid of Nexus early on, right? It's yeah. kind of what uh, sort of uh, Yellow is a little bit with like Bless Cathedral or Phantasmal. If you can kind of slow them down a bit, it doesn't matter that the spirits have Gale if they're not ramping, right? That's the biggest thing you, with Gale. You just have to control... Or, or try to like stay afloat enough where yeah they might have some annoying scary creatures to deal with or spirits to deal with but if you can control that nexus or pop it early you know um i think gale struggles a bit right um and yeah. i said don't quote don't quote me if i haven't played against gale in person i haven't really tested enough i'm just thinking about a little bit that i have played gale um yeah because we played, you know, messing we played around. quite a yeah we played quite a bit yeah. of gale like the gale was the main thing we've played probably the most out of set three yeah and honestly i think there was a, a match where like uh you were playing gale and I was, I was still playing like set two purple and i won against gale yeah. right and i and i had not a, i didn't have a single card from set three um so i think gale is one of those things where like you get rid of nexus early um you know you still play your your tech cards like your dream bombs or whatever to deal with maybe the uh the void lord uh but then again though right the void lord is very expensive if they're not ramping as much as they normally would with the hurricane highlands so yeah um i, I don't i don't want to say that's like, like i can't think of it this oh my god it's a counter for gale it's just kind of, one of those things like i said prepare for it know you're going to play it at some point um and be ready for it and just kind of have to really be smart about your choices 
um, you know, whatever that might be. Like, I mean, I'll give you a prime example when I was playing, talking about it, Yellow. When I compare Gale today, and just in the sense of, like, the Nexuses, I had to use a Burning Force one time uh, in one of the events for the Spirits of Yellow instead of the Nexuses. Mm-hmm. And all the Nexuses did was call out, you know, a lot of them build the board back up, right? Because you got your best cathedral, ramp and draw. You yep. got Phantasm Paradise. It's freaking draw every time as long as you have the uh, the Fable Beast. Um, so you have to deal with those things that's giving your opponent an edge. I mean, it's the same thing with Depths, right? When Depths was violent, you usually target that first because if yeah. you can slow down the draw engine, it's the same thing, right? If you can slow down the ramping that Gale does... I think you'll be okay, right? I mean, so the things you have to worry about, but at least you're staying afloat with your opponent compared to them ramping, you know, you know four or five cores every single turn. At that point, it gets out of hand super quickly. So, yeah, that that's the thing is like you might just get high rolled by Gale. Like they might just like get the Highlands. You don't have an answer for it. They ramp, 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 and then they already have like the the bird in their hand, you know, or Schottenjäger or something, and um. They just like drop it on you, swing in. There's nothing you can do. So it's it's like you could just get high rolled by it, and that's just you know, that's battle spirits, baby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah but, exactly. Uh, but at the same time, I I do think if you're just like, all right, they've only ramped one core off of the nexus so far. So if I can just get rid of that, I think I'm I can like hold them off a little bit. Um, and they also, when they play the Feng Wong, they also need the three cores that ramp onto it, usually. In my experience from, from playing this deck, like I need those three cores that I'm ramping onto it to then immediately use the better effects on the card. Um, like yep. the, the refresh and the double damage. Like I, cause I, If I'm playing a 10-cost spirit, even if I can reduce it down to four, it's going to be pretty tough for me to then also have six cores to put onto it. It's a lot more doable if I can ramp three onto it or ramp six onto it, then it's like, okay, I can do this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Gale's unbeatable. I I know that I definitely sounded the alarm in like an earlier episode and a lot of people have been doing that as well, like just kind of worrying about it. But um, I after what I've seen so far, and I could be, I could look back on this episode and be like, damn, that guy was dumb. The, that guy being me uh, <laughs> uh and be like yeah damn gail is a crazy threat like uh, yeah it's kind of like what we've been saying like don't get me wrong gail is strong as hell and you need to be prepared to play against it you're gonna see it it's gonna kick your ass at some point but i i do think that with a little bit of luck and a little bit of knowing what you're trying to do to play around it i think you should be just fine yeah i mean like just to end it on this like to me, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm saying this very carefully. I'm not saying it's the same deck by no means, right? Because Gale, you ramp up so much quicker than what Purple White was. But what yeah. I'm saying is, Purple White was such a dominant deck, right? It was in so many tops. It won so many events. Everybody was playing it. And, you know, it had similarities where Purple White can get out of hand, right? Because if you're ramping with three cores and drawing off the elephant, you got Axe Spider to contend with, with the lockdown of uh, depths behind it um yeah the point i'm trying to get at that is like that was a very very high-end like really good deck and you know and gale can be that too right what variation of gale is it gonna be you know who knows it's just yet to be seen but yeah. purple white was not unbeatable it was hard to be it was you know annoying you have to really play your ass off and you know make sure that your deck can kind of deal with that or you know have some of your tech cards but you know i will say my ratio of like probably uh, playing purple white i probably won 60 percent of the matches and lost 40 percent. right which is not not horrible you know um 
But that's where I think Gale's going to be at, right? Like, it's going to be a, a scary deck that you're going to have to deal with early on. If it, you know, if it really turns out to be what we all think it's going to be, we might be completely wrong and we never see Gale after a couple of weeks, you know? Um, yeah. Which I, I doubt that. But um, it's just one of those things where, like, I think right now there's no deck for any version of the colors or whatever that there's a true counter to, right? Like, there's a couple tech cards. There's a couple plays you can do. But, you know, if you get eager and you play Fro Slash early on something else, you know, now Hurricane Highlands come out, well, you're screwed. <laughs> it's like, because yeah. now they're, they're ready. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like, you have to play Gale like, like it's like your life depends on it because, like, you know what they're trying to do. So yeah. if you're playing a Gale deck, right, or if somehow you know, save those Nexus removal cards for the important things, you know, because they might beat you out, might play something random, right? Like, let's just say I'm playing some kind of, I mean, this ain't a real deck, but I'm saying, unless I'm playing like Purple Gale for whatever reason, I play my Rotten Swamp or something like that. I'm probably just trying to bait you out for you to get rid of it. I don't care about that Rotten Swamp. I just want to play my Hurricane Highland, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I think, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, obviously. Um, we got Pasadena happening up soon, so we'll see what, uh, if Gale really comes out there and, and blows the uh, competition away. It should be interesting. Very nice. Blows it away, you say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, I can't help but feel like there's some crazy powerful Rainbow Gale deck that is going to like dominate at some point. And uh, honestly, even though that's a little scary, like I'm kind of excited about it because like I want to try and build it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i want to be the guy you know who ruins who ruins the game <laughs> no i like i'm here for it man like i said i i'm so excited to really hopefully here soon um get my hands in, into the set and really like dig in and start thinking about what yeah. i'm even gonna play for worlds you know um but i'm so excited just to see like just how much variety right in a perfect world i would love to go into like this meta be like you have a really good blue or a couple versions of blue decks are good a couple versions of green you know every color and then you have a few rainbows here and there that you really have to pilot very well because yeah you don't have that high cost reduction like you do in some of those other uh, mono decks but um the rainbow's good right it's kind of like what purple white was right not everybody can play purple white you really have to know what to play at what time and what you're trying to do. So I think that's what I compare Rainbow to as well. It's kind of like, it's a good deck, but not everybody can, you know, pivot that deck the way it needs to be pivoted because it's such an awkward deck, you know, because there's so much going on at one time that you have to know what to synergize with what at what time. Rainbow definitely is a skill testing deck because it's like, you need to know what you're mulliganing for and you need to know, like, if you're playing strong draw or something, you need to know what you need to discard. You need to know what you need to keep. You need to know, like, um, and you need to know every single card that's in your deck, which is going to be even harder with Rainbow because you're probably playing, like, lots of splashy, like, one-ofs and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and actually, we were wrong. Uh, before Pasadena, I'll think about it. Uh, if you guys are listening now, I want to say good luck to Roland Royce on our Discord and Shorty because they're actually playing... And I'm probably gonna say this name wrong. Sorry, guys. Brisbane, uh, the Grand Open uh, this weekend. So yeah. we're actually gonna have another Grand Open. So we'll see what happens at that Grand Open. Yeah, um, that's true. So good luck, guys. Let us know if you you guys you know well a lot of Gale. Let, let us know what people are playing well, out there. So that was Shorty's question. Is uh he was like, tell me what to play at the Brisbane Grand Open. So uh Gale, play Gale. <laughs> play Gale. <laughs> let, be let be the first it, one to crack it. Yeah, crack yeah. the code. Let us know how it does. Um, but also. I would really love to see what y'all are playing and let us know what your deck lists were after the event so we can uh, really see, you know, how that went. Um, I'm, I'm excited to 
Any, anytime we get, yeah, I'm really excited to see the results of any of these events. Like, I want to see what the deck lists are. Uh, it's it's an exciting time. Um, Not for sure, because they change so drastically sometimes, right? Like, it's it's very rare. I'm trying to think of the history of Grand Opens where anytime a new set comes in, like, you, even like with the launch event, right, in Vegas, after that launch event, like, yeah, you had the uh, Pterosaurs, I think what it was. Um, yeah. But after that, it just, every single one, it just changed, 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 until it got to the point, right, where, like, all right, this is the best deck that can be built with the cards that we have, which ended up being purple-white. Um, yeah. So it's exciting to see each event that happens back-to-back, -back, how much changes, because it's very rare to stay stale early on, right? Because everybody's trying new things. Everybody's came up with maybe, you know, they've had more time to play test things. Um, so I'm excited to see after this uh, weekend what happens. Hopefully they stream it, because uh, I would like to see it. Yeah, I would love to to see that as well. I, I want to, I'm, yeah, I'm just like you were saying, like, I'm excited to see um do you uh do you want to read sad mango's question here it's kind of a kind of a long one but I, yeah I it's a couple of chunks of parts but, yeah yeah let's uh i guess let's, i'll read we'll just read in parts and then talk about it and i'll read the next part just to make it okay. easier yeah um, so sad mango welcome back sad mango i know you've been busy so glad to have you back in the discord checking in um so here's what he says might be too late but here's my offering uh now that we got the colors it was not blue. too late you're in <laughs> yeah, you're never too late uh the blue is smaller pool now that we've seen a few metas and now that we've even seen some bands restrictions what if anything are you hoping set four brings in the new year to mix into the beginning of a complete foundation um yeah so it's a very very good question um so i guess for me and it's just my, my you know my personal what i would like uh which is already happening, right? So, uh, but more, I guess, X rares that are big boss. Yeah. Know? And I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to say that. Like, it's just, like, like kind of like what, like what Duke is and like what Nova technically should be and kind of starting to be is right now. Um, I want the set four to be like, all right, here's this big badass for red, which is probably going to be, I mean, we know it's going to be some form of Nova, right? Yeah. But I want to see the X rares play a huge part into what the deck is really trying to do um sort of like what we were talking about a few podcast uh episodes ago where uh commander right something like where like my deck is revolved against this leader my ex because i can do x and, and, and mandala kind of does that right mandala gets better by you milling your opponent um cards into the discard pile and then when he's out boom here you go here's the big boss and that's that's what i'm hoping i see out of set four i mean i know we're gonna have the double symbols with uh double symbols at the bottom so that's gonna yeah. be fun and scary at the same time because now yeah. how, how much quicker the game's gonna go right um but i also really what i really really want it's more magic cards. And we got some in set three, so I think we might be heading that direction. Yeah. I want to see some, more interaction. We got some very good magic in set three. Yeah. I want to see some interactions, you know, with those magic yeah. cards. Like, like it's not just about playing big spirits. Okay, now you have magic cards that can answer those big spirits. Because sometimes what I feel like in the battle spirits is like, you know, even if I do it against my opponent, um, if I summon a big spirit or something they can't deal with, you can just tell in their face, like, I have nothing to deal with this, right? Like, yep. I remember Pro Tour, I summoned Maduke, and my opponent's facial expression gave it away. Like, he had no way to deal with that. Yeah. Um, which is good for me, right? Or anybody that's playing any type of big monster like that. But at the same time, though, it's just like, I, I want to see some kind of magic card that either shuts off effects um, for a turn or, or some way, you know. And like I said, Set 3 has some. I, I like, like, Counter Curse and some other stuff like that. You got, uh, we were just talking about it. Uh, was it Break, Breaker Burst? I think that's what it was called. Um, yeah, and Break then, Burst. 
break for ourselves with this. Uh, so there's cards out there, but I really want to see more magic cards that really interact with the big spirits or negate or destroy a little bit more than yeah. just having like big spirits that is like you have a few magic cards that deal with smaller BPs or you know you might bounce them back or whatever. I really want to see some type of interaction where we can deal with some of these bigger spirits that um, are kind of annoying. I mean, I think every color has an annoying spirit to deal with. Um, some require, you know, a combo to set up, like, you know, Curse and Baculus is, will always be annoying because it's board wipe for the most part. But um, I don't know. And I don't, and I don't know how Bandai would do that, right? Because I know this game is relies on flash steps. So yeah, it, there might not be much you can really counter on my main step because it's not a flash point. So I'm not sure how that maybe it's a, maybe it's a Nexus or something. I don't know. But um, that's kind of what I want to see in step four. For, for sure, though, like big x-rays that it's like i could build this deck around this x-ray that does xyz because right now i feel like the x-rays i mean fable beast has some or yellow has some obviously um but i feel like some of the x-rays right now it's just kind of like hey if you want to play this guy you can but how do you build your deck around it i mean you can try to build like a token deck with like loki from white right you can kind of try to build a token deck um but it's just not like good like, i can't see loki I, I don't look at loki and be like yeah my whole deck's gonna be tokens because loki's gonna do amazing because this effect's not really that good you know uh, yeah. he um, has to be destroyed for you to get the token yeah so, <laughs> so you know i want to see like when people step forward you know i think nova's in the main cover like nova says i don't know for every dragon in your deck i'd whatever do xy whatever whatever the effect's gonna be so yeah that's that's, that's my host for step four so and future so sets. in summary you want to see like big boss x-rays and you want to see magic cards that can deal with them <laughs> correct because it's got to be because it's got to be a balance yeah. right i mean yeah if you come out with a big crazy Nova, but now you don't have any other magic cards besides, you know, whatever dream bomb or something else to deal yeah. with it, then the game's not going to be fun. You know, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to get hated on. So it has it's to just... be, I want to see both things at the same time to kind of interact with each other, yeah. but you have the ability to build something that, you know, and maybe I'm just comparing to Yu-Gi-Oh, right? We're like, in Yu-Gi-Oh, I, I want to get to my XYC or my synchro monster because this is what my deck wants to do um where right now i just feel like the decks are just a mixture to do a little bit of everything which is not a bad thing right but it's a mixture of everything but it'd be cool to know that you're setting up for a true combo like yeah i want to do xyc to be able to do this and then once i do this boom you know game over unless you have some you know one of those magic cards or something to interact with it yeah i i think that Battle Spirits did Battle Spirit Saga did an amazing job with like the boss X rares in the first set, and then they dropped the ball in the second set because we got like the Void Lords that were kind of like eh. And then this set, I feel like they're moving back in that direction. Like we did, I think the the thing that they've been doing with X rares is that they they've been making the like I don't know like almost like the mascots of the set the X rares, which kind of makes sense because like for set two we had the Void Lords. Uh, no, the Void Lords weren't even X-rays. We only had one X-ray Void Lord, right? We had one X-ray, yeah. yeah. But uh, this set is like the guardians of the like different nexuses are the X-rays, right? So um, it's, I don't know. I, I, I guess to your point, yeah, like I would like to see more like versatile, like playable cards that aren't so like specific to be the X-rays. Like just... Here's this really good spirit that's like this big dude that you're going to drop and just like you said, like just really change the game state. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to see that as as far as for what I want to see. I want to see more uh, color mixing like I want to see that enabled quite a bit. Um, so 
I think that the double symbol thing kind of pushes the game further in that direction because it's like, okay, I can play a rainbow deck that's, you know, because like the double symbol not only does double damage, but it also does double cost reduction, right? So like this card now reduces all of, if it has two red symbols, it reduces all my red stuff by two instead of by one. And so I think that does kind of enable more rainbow strategies. But I what I would love to see for rainbow is not so much like, uh, let me just take the best cards from every color and jam them into one deck. I want to see like maybe some cards where like, I don't know if this could happen, but like double symbol cards, but it's like the symbols are purple green instead of like green green or purple purple, or it's like purple green. So it's like this card kind of pushes you in the direction of playing purple green, you know? Are, are um, you talking about like, are you talking about for like the cost reduction though? Uh, For the the symbol in the bottom right hand of the corner corner of the card. Oh, just to make it like it allows it to do so. Oh, I could see that. Like if a Nexus says, if you have a card out that has whatever, these two colors, I do this kind of thing. Well, if a card has a purple symbol and a green symbol, then it it reduces the cost of purple cards and green cards, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I uh, like basically like, I would love to see it enable, like I don't want to see Rainbow just turn into like, every deck is a rainbow deck because I think that would kind of take away a little bit of what I felt like is special about battle spirits and that it really does like reward you for specializing into a specific color or strategy. Um, But I do think it could be cool if the rainbow decks push you more in a direction of like uh, playing, uh, you know, blue white or something. Cause like, that's kind of how it works in magic a little bit. Cause there's like, you were talking about earlier, like the dual colors, there's like dual colored lands that like, there's like a blue white land and it's like, you're not going to play that in a green deck, but in a blue white deck, it pops off. It's great. You know, it gives you all the mana you need. So I would like to see more of that kind of stuff for, for battle spirit saga is, is like opening the doorway a bit more for like rainbow stuff but not so wide open that the decks become obvious um but more like there's a lot to explore with the rainbow so that's what i would like to see no i like that you know and you know thinking about sam mango's question a little bit more you know nothing i would like to see really because i don't think there's any right now too much i guess it's some sort of like i mean i guess you got a bunch of rantula or whatever but like real like either graveyard disruption right where like for example if, I, if i'm playing against a purple player and playing immortal yeah i have no i have no way to remove anything from the graveyard um yeah so i i think you know i'm not saying completely like wipe the graveyard because that'd be broken but at least you know some sort of interaction with other things that other card games do right like we, we got hand disruption finally a little bit right with with some green stuff maybe a little bit of discard pile disruption that we'll need or maybe some kind of like you know searchability um and i think like talking about the x-rays right like It'd be cool even if it's like a combo piece X-ray, right? Like, if you played Maduke this game with Maduke's on the field, whatever this supporting, you know, X-ray <laughs> does some, something crazy, right? Because You're always kinda... looking for ways to give more more support to Maduke. I love it. Yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> you know, I just, me, the purple enemy, god dang it, good old Maduke. But uh, it's just like, you know, just, it's just an example, right? And granted, yeah. maybe that's not what Battle Spirits is about, right? Maybe I'm just comparing it to other games. Um, but I definitely feel like, I wanted to be more interactions for sure. Where like, as a player, you get rewarded for setting up such a big play, right? Or like, or like even for Nova. I mean, let's throw in a different card here. Let's talk about Nova. Nova, I say it's hard. It's not really that hard to play because you can just big bang energy them. But in a way, there's a lot of things you need 
to be able to really get his full effect off, right? And it's yeah. probably nothing worse for a Nova player where you do all that, right? You have the uh, the ascending that you need to be able to summon him out and blah, blah, for him to be, like, destroyed immediately with, like, a deadly balance or, or dream bomb bat or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so I just think this needs to be something um, where you get rewarded for either, you know, playing these big expert guys that are hardest to play out. Um, and especially because some of the costs are getting extremely high, right? I see a lot of, at least this set, a lot of 10 and, and 8 and 9s, you know? Um, if you are playing Rainbow, that does get sort of expensive, you know? Um, mm. So, I don't know. Uh, set 4 should be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do for it, um, apart from just a double symbol. Um, so, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be a cool set. I'm... Here, should we move on to um, the next piece of this? Because I think there's some yeah. interesting stuff here. Uh, so, continuing on with Sam Mango's thread, it was, uh, are any colors as a whole lacking in your opinion? Would you hope to see more tribes? Are the card types across the board just right and releasing at a fair pace? Does set four have a chance to fix something, or should it just adopt the aim broke, don't fix approach? Um, and he just make his opinion. But, um, so... Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well, let's start with the first one. Let's go in order. So, and then I'll let you answer, Eric, before we go on to the next one. So, yeah. are any colors as a whole lacking in your opinion? Um, or, or are any colors as a whole lacking? So, I would say no. Um, I think right now, even though blue just came out, obviously they need a little bit more support because they're the newest color. So, set four will probably fix that with a yeah. carpool. Um, but even with the carpool that Blue currently has, and you, yeah. you know, I'm, ta I'm talking about a structure deck as well, apart from set three, yeah. Blue is good. I mean, Blue is good. It's scary. I mean, I think I saw a top 16 list in Blue where I think it was Cosmic that posted it on his uh, Twitter um, or X, but uh, that said that I think three games or three rounds, they completely milled their opponent out. So Blue, Blue is good. I think right now every color is not lacking anything. If anything, for the most part, every color feels a little bit more complete than it has been right yeah. um ye yellow for sure you know i'm not saying it's completely fixed it's just right now it's the thing and it's trending right now um but i think you know yellow definitely it might have fixed a few things i think strong draw helps with a lot of decks like white or other decks that, you know struggle with yeah, drawing very splashable um, draw power yep. is like it, so good. yeah so I think that every color right now as a whole, um, are they perfect? No. But are they good? I think yes. I don't personally feel like there's any holes in those colors. Um, with you know, and I'm just excluding out, you know, not enough carpool for like blue. But apart from that, I don't think so. What do you think on that, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much to add to it. Just yeah, blue is the only obvious one just because it just came out, but I'm not really worried about it because it's gonna get more cards. But I totally agree. All the colors are really starting to have their own like distinct feel to them now that we've had more cards enter the card pool. Um moving on to the next part though about the tribes. I I don't know about you, but I in card games I love playing tribal decks. Like whenever I play magic, I love playing like an elf deck or a goblin deck or whatever. And so um, I would love to see more tribal stuff. Like I, I, the spirits have types, so might as well make the spirit types matter. I think it really, I think tribal decks also push the meta in a fun direction in that like maybe Gale is like the absolute best way to ramp cores, but maybe there's like the fucking awesome reason to play bird folk. Like maybe like yeah. there's all these cool bird folk cards and they all like, rely on all of your spirits being bird folk in order for it to work so it's like i feel like that that keeps the the meta healthy is like okay this this deck is 
like really freaking good. But on the other hand, like there's the, these other sets of cards that are very, very good, but you can only play them like kind of in a vacuum. So I, I, I like tribal decks and I would like to see more of that because I think it, um, it definitely pushes the meta in a healthy direction. And also when you're playing against a tribal deck, it kind of helps you like figure out like what kinds of things they might have in their deck. So especially as card pools become more and more massive, it helps to narrow it down, like what you're playing against. Um, and also to help you build. Cause it's like, if I'm building a bird folk deck, bird folk deck and everything needs to be bird folk, uh, kind of narrows down what I have as far as choices. And I think for, especially for newer players that can be, kind of a, a nice like little crutch to have in the beginning at least is like okay i'm building a golem deck so anything that's not a golem i'm not even going to read it right now i'm just going to build golems you know so i like tribal decks what about you yeah i'm with you i, I love tribal decks i mean you said it i played you know coming from Yu-Gi-Oh, you got i played uh this deck called teller knights which is a mixture of fairies and you know spell catches and warriors all mixed together but they all have synergy once uh amongst each other um and i think that's just to me that's really the way a card game like this should be played right like because the, you know you have purple and that's the umbrella but then you branch it off you know it's a spider web you have the serpent archetype and tribe you have the you know whatever the nightling uh so we can both be playing purple but based on our tribes or our archetypes our game play styles can be completely different um even though we're playing the same color. And I, and I do like that. I think it opens up, like you said, a bunch of different things you can do. And ideally what I've noticed with any tribe deck is like a specific tribe wants to do a specific thing, right? So it kind of falls back into your play style. Like, let's just say, I'm just throwing some random, like, let's say my tribe is, uh, I don't know, dinosaurs. And dinosaurs just kind of ramp quickly and destroy things because smaller spirits, cool. That's my play style, right? I want to destroy things or, you know, my... My archetype is fairies and allows me to search magic cards or whatever it might be or, or cast magics for free. So I think it opens up that ability to really play the game into a different level where, to your point, like if I'm playing against a fairy type or whatever, a spellcaster type and I kind of have an idea, like, oh, shoot, I got to watch out for this because this deck likes to do, you know, it reminds me of Shadowverse. Those that play Shadowverse for the small amount that was out uh, or it's out, but that was relevant, I guess. Um, you know, you have like, your 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 types of you had fairies, uh, Havencraft. Um, I forget what the what the dark one was, but uh, either way, one of those that they do with specific things. You know, they want to take damage, they want to do this, to do that. Um, I think that the tribes for sure would be a good thing to go into, and I and I'm here for it. Also, I like it. Yeah, I'm excited for them to explore more of that space. Um, also, uh, Angel, I know you probably heard lots of crazy sounds on my end. I tried to mute my mic as best I could, but uh, this, I don't know. Somebody out there is having like crazy party in their car. Um, oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, uh, let's see, is everything releasing at a fair pace? I think we've kind of, let's see, does four have a chance to fix something? Um, yeah, what do you think about the pacing of like the release of like colors and tribes? And do you think that Sat Four needs to do anything like specific to fix any of that? No, I I personally think the pace currently is good. Um, I think it keeps it fresh enough. It really allows for enough diversity and, and you know a three I'm just say a three month span of of different things. Um, 
Yeah. The only thing in which I think it's going to fix, right? The only thing I would say the set four will probably fix, which is currently not happening right now. I think some of the games might be. I could be wrong, right? Because I don't know how they're really going to do the double symbols, right? Is it just going to be like a big creature that has double symbols, or they're going to be yeah. like small spirits, which I doubt it because an aggro would be insane. But yeah. um, you'd have to be four of Floodstream in every deck. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So. It's like, I think that, you know, step four, which is fixed maybe some of the pace, which honestly at a pro tour, most of the matches went by pretty quickly. Um, it was very far, few in between where we went to overtime. There's a few people that went to overtime um, just because the mirror matches like with purple and stuff kind of can kind of go kind of long. Um, but I think just a little bit more of like life manipulation, right? Like I know we have some blast and yellow, but I think there's got to be something that every color can have, has a chance of something like that, right? Because if we are having double symbols, um, like, how do you... There's got to be a counter to that, right? There's got to be a way to... Whatever. For every attack that goes through, gain a life or take one from your opponent and you... I don't know. Something like that, right? Because if not, I foresee double symbols being ridiculous, right? Depending, depending yeah. on how it's layout, right? It's too early. I don't... I, we haven't seen any spoilers. Yeah. Anything, so we, we don't know I, anything, so... I Yeah, I agree. I think once we start seeing spoilers, we can really, like, discuss that further. But um, to your point, I my in my imagination... The double symbol cards are like uh the big boss monsters like they're not gonna be like little dudes running around with doubles maybe there'll be like a couple of those out of like red just because that's kind of red's thing you know to be yeah. like super aggressive but like, i mean and they and they got double heart as well so yeah yeah i think that's definitely gonna be honestly we might even just see they announced it as like a a core thing of the next set, or at least that was my interpretation, but we might even just see it as like a thing that's only represented on like a couple of cards, you know? Um, yeah. Like it may not be as prevalent in the set as we're kind of thinking. Um, yeah. Apart from that though, I mean, honestly, I would say this, if depending, you know, like I said, take the survey guys, because I think that's going to help judge the future sets. But I, I, I say if like, if they stick to whatever, I don't know what happened. They had a board meeting. They had enough coffee or what. But whatever <laughs> happened for set three, if they continue in that path, I think we're good, right? Um, yeah. Whether it's something new, whether it's a brand new mechanic that gets added in, right? Maybe it's yeah. a new mechanic. That's probably what's going to happen. There might be some kind of new mechanic. Cause I, I'm just keeping up a little bit with the uh, Battle Spirits in Japan. Um you know, they have, like, crazy mechanics. We won't get into that because so many of them. But yeah. maybe they'll introduce something new, right? Where, like, oh, man, now we have to, whatever. This, we can do this or whatever that is. Um, and apart from that, though, honestly, I think if we keep it at Because you don't want to go too fast either, right? Yeah. If you go too uh, fast, you're going to draw people away. This game well, has to kind of, like, be fast enough to keep competitive players happy. Everybody else is getting into the game. Because they're still drawing in, you know, new crowds. They yeah. still make it viable. But at the same time, you don't want to overcomplicate it where like a new player is going to be like, yeah, I'm not. What the hell's going on? I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, new mechanics are dangerous because it's like, I I don't know. A lot of card games do new mechanics like really badly. I actually think that Magic is an example of a game that, in my personal opinion, does not do new mechanics very well. They tend to like introduce a new mechanic like for almost every set or like every return set, yeah. yeah or like return a mechanic for like every set and it kind of like doesn't really allow you to fully explore that mechanic especially if that like game mechanism is like something that kind of relies on you playing a lot of those kind of cards like like i think crush is a little 
concerning for me if they don't continue printing crush cards. And I actually felt this way a little bit about the raid mechanic. Like, I feel like we didn't really get a lot of raids, so I hope we see more of it. Oh, but, yeah. What did, um, what did raid even do? I don't even remember. It's like did. you can exhaust uh, one of your nexuses to then, like, refresh the spirit. Um, ah, okay. But, okay. Uh, like, like, crush, I think crush is probably a more apt example here because it's like, for Crush, you want to play other Crush cards. So if Bandai decides in set four and beyond that blue is no longer going to have Crush cards, they're going to have like other abilities, then it's like, okay, well, now the only Crush cards I can really play are from this one set. And I don't think they're going to do that, but I just hope I, I, I hope that they see that kind of stuff happening with like... I think the perfect example I can think of with Magic was there was the Innistrad set that released these like dual-sided werewolf cards. This is like mm. the original Innistrad set way back in the day. Those dual-sided cards have actually at this point become a much more standard like thing in Magic. But at the time, uh, it was like there were all these cards that had that dealt with like what side of a card like your cards were on, which was like really cool. But then that was the only set at the time that had those mechanisms. So it was like, well, if I want to play around with this, I have to play cards specifically from this set. And then if I want to play these other cards outside of this, then it's like, well, then there's this whole like card pool that's just basically dead. You know, I can't use it. So it's, I think they do have to be careful introducing new mechanisms to the game. Like it needs to be a little bit more of like a slow drip and like really fully explore the mechanisms that we already have. Um, at least in my opinion, that's the way that I like, I would like for things to go. Um, but I, I don't think they need to fix anything though. I, I think they're, I think they've really, I think set three, kind of like we've been saying this whole time, I think they've really hit a good stride here. And I, I'm hopeful that set four is going to be more of what they did well in set three. Um, and I think with our feedback, hopefully they, they can accomplish that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, so you want to finish this out with this like last piece here? from sad mango uh yes uh sad and so the last piece from good old sad mango um i miss all i only ask because i miss all set three pretty much but no way do i want to gloss over it you guys mentioned in previous episode about release schedules and i couldn't agree more uh i hate how much product magic releases and shoves down throats it invites <laughs> such terrible fomo <laughs> and maybe this like the game altogether. um so yeah, so I honestly <laughs> well, funny, this is like I, the, yes. we, the we hate magic episode, which yeah, by the yeah. way, that's not true. I I literally was playing Magic Arena earlier today. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I'll say this: Magic itself is is a great card game, and nobody can take away that Magic inspires a lot of the trading card games that we've all yeah. played, right? Um, I just to think be, yeah, just the to company that's running it behind it, you know, it's a little greedy sometimes. But yeah, that's to be all clear, it is. like I love Magic. It's always been one of my favorite games. Probably always will be. But uh, yeah, it's. I agree. The release schedule. We've talked about it before, and I guess that's what Sad Mango is mentioning here. Is like the release schedule for that game. It, it, kind of like we were just talking about with the mechanisms that come out that are new, and then it's like you're in spoiler season for a set while you're like just discovering yeah. the cards in the new set. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I think that to get to the like core of this question though, I think that Bandai's release schedule for battle spirits has been pretty good. I, I, I feel like right around the time I start to get ready for new cards, we get them. Yeah. That's what I'm about to say. I, I think, I mean, I don't want to say that we're perfect because it's a huge word. I think it's really good because 
right when you, I don't want to say bored, but right when you think, like, oh, it's getting kind of stale, you have, like, this little mini expansion that comes out that switches it just enough, you know, for the last yeah. few uh, major events um, before the Pro Tour. Uh, and then you get, you know, obviously the next set. So I think what they're doing so far is good enough. And I think it's, uh, I think the, the longest stretch we've had was obviously set one. Um, yeah. That was probably the longest meta, and obviously by design because of the game and how it all came out. But uh, set two, you know, I think, and I'll say this, set two felt long as well, just because it didn't change anything up, right? It was just still felt like it was set one, which is why I yeah. think, you know, set one felt like it was like almost a whole year, because set two didn't do enough to change it. Where we're set three, we already started seeing it, right? It's enough. I mean, just look at the first grand open. Look how many different, you know, even though some of it is just basic yellow lists with a little bit of set three splashed in, that will get better and better as the more events go on. Yeah, um, I agree. That I think that the, the the release schedule right now is perfect, right? And I know set four got pushed back. I think it's in February right now um, for delays or whatever, which is fine, right? Um, but I think that it's, it's I think it's perfect, right? I think it's definitely. I, I said I wasn't gonna say the word, but I'm gonna say it's perfect. <laughs> I, I think for now, for what the game needs and you know the demand of us little whales and thirsty players that want like the next cards and the next cards and the next cards, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Where if they didn't have that little mini expansions that they add or lore sets or whatever the next one's going to be for set three, whatever they call it, I think then, yeah, maybe it needs to be a little bit sooner. Um, because sometimes, you know, when you're playing competitive event after competitive event, if you don't sh if you don't have new introductions of cards to shake up that meta or to, you know, do something else, then yes, you know, you need that card pool to keep that game alive or keep that, you know, those, those rotations happening. And, you know, and that's not a lie. We all love to talk about spoiler season. So um, as long as it doesn't get crazy, like Magic Day, where, like, you have a new set, and you have a collector's edition, and you have this exclusive set, and you got a secret layer, and then you got this commander. I mean, Jesus, that's, yeah. like, every month. I remember watching, uh, I think it was, like, uh, I forgot what the YouTube channel was, but it's, like, new sneak peek. I'm like, what in the world are we talking about? I just got my set, yeah. you know, whatever set. So <laughs> um, I think Magic's doing a really good job. Across the board, I mean, Digimon. Uh, one Piece and all those other games I kind of see is around kind of the same timeline. I don't know if they have as many expansions like a Battle Spirit does. Don't quote me on that because I don't play some of those games, but um, I think it's good. I think it's fresh. Fresh enough we don't get too stale, but at the same time, not not down your throat where you're like, oh my god, I just bought this stuff. And luckily the game, you know, still decently cheap. I mean, something I think it's getting up there with just set a couple of cards a little pricey right now, yeah. um, which is not a bad thing to see either, though, right? Because no, as, collect as, as collectors, right, we want our cards to be worth something. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. that's the that's, that's whole I, chase, you know? Yeah, I, I think it makes, like, the SPR, when you get, a like, a strong draw SPR, it makes it, like, it's a cool card. It's it's a great card that you're going to use in a lot of decks, so it's, like, good to have. But it's, like, it also makes you feel like, ooh, I really got something out of this pack. Like, it, you get that, like, feeling of, like, ooh, I only spent five bucks on this booster pack and I got a $40 card. Isn't that yep. cool? Like, yep. <laughs> it's just, like, there's some little, like, gambler, like, I don't know, in my little mouse brain, like, I'm just, like, ooh, the cheese. I got the cheese, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that's how I feel whenever something like that happens. Um well, yeah. even like, I mean, I'll say that even like the Saga Rare for this set, which I don't, I haven't seen one in person yet. Maybe I'll get lucky when I finally open my boxes and pull one out. Yeah, like maybe you have stuff. one. Yeah. That's the one thing I want to talk about, like, real quick. It's just, I love how Bandai is keeping it fresh by even some, something such a small detail as that, right? Where like, yeah. set one Saga, set two Saga, and set three Saga are completely different. It's just not like, oh, I got a Saga, but it looks the same as eight sets ago. No. Each yeah. Saga, and I hope they keep that pattern because I think that allows it to be, 
it's a little more special, right? Oh my god, Step 3 had the pixel mandala. It was really cool. Step 4 is going to have, and I'm just going to use the Yu-Gi-Oh terminology, the Ghost Rare version saga, um, yeah. or the Black and White saga. I think that's what allows so that, like you were saying, right? If I pull that card, like, oh my god, it's so cool. You know, even if I don't ever use it, it's going to look cool in my binder, you know? And I can show it off to, to my wife, and I know her. Like, look at my cool card. So. <laughs> She's going to be like, yeah, I've seen yeah, it. <laughs> I've seen it, and you mess with me. I'm going to light your binder up. um yeah i so i am a little i'm not gonna lie i'm a little concerned about the release of set four being delayed so much and us really not i don't think there's anything planned between now and worlds i think the only new cards we're getting outside of set three are like this turn the tournament pack promos like with macaroni pentan and uh like a couple other things um so I, there could be like a little set before then. I, I don't know that we've had anything confirmed yet. Um, but No, it, I don't think we have. But if I had to speculate, I I think by December, we'll have some sort of mini thing. Just right before Worlds, there'll be something. I have a feeling. Not sure how big it will be. I could be wrong. I'm just yeah. speculating. I think by December, like after... Maybe after the, the last Grand Open, um, before Worlds, there might be like a mini set. Or I say mini set. It might just be like I don't know five cards, like whatever yeah. to finish off it, the year. Yeah, it could be like the um, like the elemental spark, right? Yeah, yep. Or, just yeah. just enough to shake it up a bit, um, but not too crazy because set four is probably gonna be you know apart from just and we'll talk about this in another episode, but apart from probably just the whole competitive scene changing um, with the new year, right? Um, probably you know pro tours or regionals whatever they're going to call it might be set up a little bit different um i think step four is really going to be like the shake-up for that year um yeah. i think there might be like a small like you said like a little mini elemental set right before um the next major event but it could be wrong on that they could just stick with step four but like you said yeah. step four is i think actually it got pushed back to march i'm looking at it right now it got pushed back to march wow. so that, that's <laughs> a big delay from yeah. january and I do not see them, hopefully I don't, I do not see them having this, what, October 27th was the last set three came out. There's yeah. no way they're going to go one, two, three, four, almost five months, if not uh, without something else, right? You got to keep the game fresh, like we were just talking about, yeah. because it will eventually run stale, right? Like, yeah, all right, well, cool. I mean, how boring would it be to be playing, like, the world's meta after worlds? Right. Like, I don't want to play the. Like, I don't want to play the Worlds decks after Worlds. I want a new, like, I want something new. I want something fresh. So that way when we start the whole new season, it's like, all right, we're, Battle Spirits is back, baby. Like, Worlds yeah. is over. We've got our world champion. But now it's anybody's game again. We can just get back into the circuit, get back into playing these games and, and see who the next world champion is with these new cards, you know? Um, yeah, and I think, I think that's what's going to happen, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, Elemental Spark was EX01. So oh, I'm yeah. be surprised if it's EX02 and now you take these last three, all three sets with yeah. this EX2 and it, it changes it enough. Or maybe it's some crazy card in there that completely, for each color, that yeah. completely changes everything around. So that's what I, I mean, that's, that's it's all speculation. We'll that, see. That's what I was thinking is it'd be cool if it was like, all right, here's a blue crush. Here's a blue card with crush. Here's like a red card that uh, does some destruction effect here's like a green gale spirit that like maybe you think about replacing one of your other gale spirits with like uh here's like a white card that like can block you know more and like just like some stuff to give you to think about like maybe these decks that you've already built and they're kind of like quote unquote solved like 
here's like some more pieces to really think about like does this need to go in there um, right but yeah i guess we'll just have to wait and see what they come up with um but uh yeah i i think that kind of takes us through all of our questions here anything else that you want to mention or talk about no like i said just once again appreciate everybody that's uh engaging in the discord like i said it's coming up and alive and and i enjoy reading through all that and you guys's ideas and deck uh theories um and definitely the questions i mean i think i mentioned it almost every uh podcast we talked about it's probably one of my favorite things to do just you know help you guys be included and, and answering some of y'all's questions because they're really good and it helps us think uh cam eric and i kind of sit there and brainstorm oh yeah that's a good question let's talk about that so um apart from that those of you guys are playing set three or in any grand opens uh coming up whether it's the one in the uh out there or in uh, pasadena good luck and have fun with set three that's what it's for yeah good luck everybody who's, who's playing in those i am excited to see what what crazy deck lists everyone can come up with um well, thanks for watching or listening, uh, dear listener slash watcher, wh- however you're consuming this podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully next time we'll have our uh, third member back. And uh, he he's he's really what keeps us... Um, like, I love when you and I get to discuss stuff, but I, I also... It just always feels like something's missing when Cam isn't here because I was listening to our last episode and I was just like... I mean, it's a podcast that we produced and I was cracking up laughing uh, from everything we all said, but mostly from the stuff that Cam was saying. So I, definitely, <laughs> I miss his uh, per- perspective and his uh, his jokes for sure. So it, uh, excited for him to be back from his Keyforge event and uh, have him talk all about that and walk us through how that went. Um, for now, though. If you would like to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay on top of content, we have our Absolute BSS podcast, but we also have other content that we post on there from time to time. Uh, so if you subscribe there, you can get uh, you know a little drip of our podcasts every week and then also just like other random little videos we make. Cam's been making some Keyforge content. So if you are interested in Keyforge, there's a great uh, couple of resource videos there that he's been posting about all the different sets and like how to get into the game and how to play it and stuff so pretty cool stuff there uh absolute bss pod is what it's going to be on youtube and go ahead and subscribe because we are 29 subscribers away from 100 subscribers and when we hit that we will be playing Battleshot saga uh which means we're going to be drinking and playing battle spirits uh or we're going to have shots as our life course so uh definitely you know stay tuned for that that's going to be a lot of fun um, it seems like a lot of people in the community want to get involved in that. I don't really know how to uh, do that uh, in a safe way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, because it's like it's one thing if like, you know, you or I drink and then like we end up throwing up or whatever. But it's like if somebody else like gets hurt or something, I'm like, oh, no, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't want that to happen. So uh, I don't know. We might have to maybe we can do some sort of community involvement, but we'd have to set some like really like okay you're responsible for yourself so you know <laughs> yeah I need you need to some, um, sign some to, stuff so we should not liable <laughs> yeah if you need to switch out some of your shots for water like please for the love of god do that <laughs> no definitely and you know and we'll we haven't come with anything crazy but i know um a few people we talked to in the discord want to do it we're we're thinking about something still where uh yeah, you know, some some kind of fun tournament for all of us, or I don't know, we'll, we'll figure something out because yeah. we definitely love you guys being involved. And like I said, we we love doing this in general because we just love the game. We just love talking and shooting the shit. But 
yeah. having you guys as a community and a part of it and engaging with us and talking to us and and just seeing it, even amongst each other right even sometimes we're, we're not included because we're busy like you guys are all there having full-on uh discussions we love to see it so you guys are yeah. definitely part of the family oh, yeah. so we'll definitely think of something to kind of have fun and in and, and a safe manner to, we can kind of all just joke around and have a fun discord night or something like that we'll figure it yeah. out yeah lots of opportunities for fun community nights and um yeah we'll definitely have some more of that coming soon I, I think we've got enough people in there now that we could definitely have some fun with that so yeah uh, we just have to figure it out and plan it um also if you're listening to this and you're in the discord and you want to like just play games with people i think there's plenty of people that are just down to to play or like um, I was even thinking it could be fun if we did some non-Battle Spirits type stuff as well. So we'll have to just see what, what we end up doing just as like a fun little community night yeah. or something. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of you guys are onto different games. We're all into different games. You know, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Camp's kind of twisting you some of you guys into Key Forge. Love to see yeah. it. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe we can just have different channels or whatever. And, and we all just play different games that you guys want to try out or we can all learn together if it's a game that... Now, if it's a player, if you guys have any games, you know, that we haven't talked about um, that you think we should try out, maybe we can just record something and, you know, you guys can make fun of us because we suck playing at it. So, yeah, <laughs> I do want to so. explore One Piece a little bit more because we had fun with that. And they also just released yeah. a band list now. So they did. Yeah, they yeah. did. So. Um, I'm not really going to speak on that because I don't really know enough about the meta, but um there were some cards that i was aware of uh that i saw get banned so i'm like okay i just i just know there's not a lot of happy players that's all i know <laughs> yeah yeah like i said i don't really feel like i know enough to really comment but <laughs> uh it definitely i don't know for me as someone on the outside i think a banned list is kind of interesting because i'm like okay well this is maybe a little bit of an opportunity for me to jump in um but i don't know we'll see um yeah thanks for watching and listening everybody and uh, until next time, have fun, good luck if you're playing in any of the grand open events, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. See ya. Catch you guys later. See ya. Bye.